What's up, everybody? It's your old friend, John Middlecoff. I'm here to tell you about our friends at Game Time. Here's what I need you to do. Go to your smartphone, download a little app called Game Time. Baseball season's in full swing. Oracle Park. Been there a million times. Never doesn't live up to the hype. Go get yourself some garlic fries, a brewski, maybe uh, some ice cream. They have very good Ghirardelli ice cream there. And when you do that, promo code HAM. So download the Game Time app. Your first pair of tickets, promo code HAM, H-A-M, save $20. The A's, only going to be in the Bay Area for the rest of this season. You probably can basically go for free. Just buy a pair of tickets to any baseball game. They also have comedy shows if you want to check one of those out, or concerts. Game Time app, promo code HAM, save yourself $20. We don't even need to thank you. Just hammer that promo code. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Middle Cove! Hey, behind! You, uh, have you shed a tear like Stephen A. in uh, the last uh, 17 hours of NBA free agency? You know what, guy? I got to tip my hat to two people that have made nothing but admiration for the cash they've made. Skip Bayless and Stephen A. have uh, learned something that if you're going to pick a team, even if you claim they were your boyhood boyhood team, I don't necessarily believe you. Though Stephen A. was born there. You might as well just go with the teams. Skip went with the Cowboys. Yep. And Stephen A. went with the Knicks right. with the biggest fucking fan bases. So if I'm picking a team moving forward, guy, I'm a Cowboy, Yankee, or like a Laker guy. Like that's just either either up. hater or lover. Yeah, you would never pick like the th- going fucking balls deep with a thunder, right? Like no one will care. Or like you know what I am? I'm a diehard Tampa Bay Ray guy. People just tune you out. But when you go all in on the Knicks, and Stephen A. has got like uh, he became like a soap opera the last 24 hours with the with the Knicks in terms of like him crying. Like it's a it's all for show. And he's I mean, he's good no as different than the guy that cried at the draft when they drafted the kid that drafted Porzingis started crying. But I know deep down he doesn't care that much because he's too rich to care. He just he just is. Well, it turned out the you kid know? started crying like at every draft. He was a faker too. And same with Skip. Like Skip, you don't care. Well, once you start making six million dollars to talk about sports, I- I'm sorry, I-, I haven't come close to making that yet, and I've become numb to all this stuff. Though I've tried to realize, like, can I get it back? You know, like I try to hate the Lakers and I do talk a lot of shit because I do enjoy talking shit about them. But like if they get Kawhi, John Middlecoff's going to be watching, kind of be like, this is kind of fun. You know, I just will. Like I, the Dodgers, I grew up hating. I'll, I'll be the first to admit their team the last three or four years. I love watching them play. I, I can't even fake hating them. Right. I don't know if you I don't know how you stand, but I would imagine it's pretty similar. Yeah. I, I mean, people ask me, like, who do you? Who are you a fan of? I'm like, ah, interesting, like good stuff. Like this is why, and I got some texts from buddies, one in particular, who uh, is a hardcore listener of the podcast and uh, was like, I, your negativity, I can hear you guys on the podcast. You want Kevin to leave? I mean, he was just at Radke, 
and he was having fun with it. But I was like, yeah, because you and I, we don't root necessarily for winning the most championships. We want stuff to doesn't, be interesting. Doesn't he do NFL games on radio? Yes, on, on Westwood nope. One. No big deal. Haberman's got you know high level friends. He's a, he's a big time listener of the podcast. Friend of yours by proxy. I well, I, I was driving uh, home one day. I think last year. I remember texting you. Maybe it was during Thanksgiving. He was calling That's like right. uh, it was, was the it the, maybe it was the first, yeah it was it was Detroit Chicago. I remember driving to go see my parents, and boom, it was there it was going. So he's a he's a big listener. Hits the hits the treadmill. Listens to the podcast. Which by the way, as an aside, I thought of this today, and I feel like I need to say this today, July first. Before something happens and somebody gets badly injured or abducted or mugged, and then it's insensitive to say this, but if you're running around with two headphones in, in the streets, like if you're walking through the tenderloin, not just with headphones, not just with earbuds, like that's what I never go double earbud, John. I go one earbud in public and I listen to all the podcasts and all the music I want, talking all the phones I want, one earbud. If I'm walking down the street, you wear two earbuds. That's insane. I wear two in my car. I wear two in my car. That's insane. And let alone people who do noise canceling headphones walking down the street. You are asking. But to I, get I don't live. In, if, I, if I lived in San Francisco, I don't care where you live. All it takes is somebody to run a red light, pop a curb. You never heard them. You don't hear them because you got double headphones in. Like that's insane. I know we can't quote Louis C.K. He's back in the wild now a little bit. But he used to have the joke about if you would just like release a few lions and tigers into the earth. Into the into the not into the earth, into like our worlds, and you would just see like people running from the bowling alley to their truck to jump in the car because there's a lion out there in the parking lot. Like I can't believe people go double double earbuds or double noise canceling headphones on their bicycles. That's insane. That's crazy on the bike. At least in the car, I got an SUV. I'm a little safe. Can I also? But you don't hear si- you don't hear sirens. Uh, I can't. I I don't have it that loud. Okay. And again, I, my my hearing of what do you got? Five senses. I think my hearing is my elite sense. My sight is my worst. Taste is somewhere in the middle. Smell, you know, probably my next strongest. But my ear, my, and my, feel? my hearing where, where, ability. Where are you on feel? Uh, yeah, just normal. I mean, it's you know, I mean, touch. I, I feel strong. Touch, yeah. Okay. Can I really quick have? Yeah. I had this. Uh, I'm, what I'm going to try to do is once a week, I'm just going to go out to dinner in Walnut Creek, and I'm going to walk. And I did this last week. And I'm just going to – I walk. It's not that. It's like a 15-minute walk downtown, not even. You just go you just go to a dinner at a different place I haven't been, a bunch of restaurants I haven't tried. But so I, I dabbled in the ease, and I was thinking like ease. We're, we're working on this long-term fall partnership, and I think we should do like an ease thought of the day because I had this thought. You said about Louis C.K., putting the lions and tigers in society mm-hmm. are dogs the one wild animal that completely sold out that said because if you watch like national geographic and you watch wolves or just wild dogs in africa like they are legit hunters like they are ass kickers but like the american dog and i i think they're probably i, de- I can only speak for america i haven't seen i don't know if dogs are like huge pets in other countries but obviously for america and i would say they're pretty you know universally pets but to be a pet, your life is – you're pampered. You have a bed. <laughs> you get food given to you. You always have water available. You don't have to fend for yourself like a mountain lion or a bear or just a normal animal in the wild. Do you know what, do you know what the, the dog did? They said, fuck this. Let's just team up with these guys 
and just have our lives pampered to us, we'll be treated than some better than most humans. Right. And we'll just live life. Yeah. Like the dog, because I, I was on this walk and I saw all these people walking their dog. I'm like, these dogs are living life. You know, then see the birds fending for themselves and just lizards and just all the normal animals in the wild that have to fend for themselves, guy. Dogs sold out, and they were, you could argue, they're the smartest for selling out. Yeah, it's true. Because they're like, what do we have to do? It's like, just be their best friend. Well, what do I get out of it? Food, shelter, exercise, joy. And I just got to yeah. be their best. That's all they want is a friend. These people just I, want friends. I, I get an enclosed home. There's millions uh, and millions oh, yeah. of them, and they need me to be their friend? Sure. Well, yeah, I can do that. They need to be their friend. I get an enclosed home that I can really use the majority of it to sleep all over and just kick it. It's great. And they, they just they take were me the out first and just ones, on random lawns. I can take a shit. First ones to get a sugar daddy. Dogs. It, it, genius animals. I, I think that's an underrated attribute how smart they were. That was my ease thought of the day. That's good. And then it, like, obviously just through breeding, they just bred well, better I, friends. I was watching, I was watching like, uh, like, if wolves ever just gave in and were like, you know, we're tired of this life. We just want to kick it. Think how many humans would love having a wolf. Because I'm watching this thing on National Geographic the other night. Wolves are hunting in like Yellowstone. They hunt bison, and so it's a really difficult hunt. Like how difficult that is. I'm thinking like my brother's dog Bailey Lab, who's not she's not the size of a wolf, but it's like God, those idiots. How hard they got to work. I just I get my kibbles or whatever you give a dog. You know, three days three times a day sitting for me at eight a.m., noon, and five. I never have to chase any bison. Yeah, in the snow uphill. I remember seeing a story. Maybe it was real sports or something. I think it might have been real sports about uh, like mountain lions in L.A. And how one of their big factors is there's a highway that got built in their natural habitat. So they have to cross a highway. Is it's it, kind of was, a problem. Wasn't there, wasn't there a bridge that they could cross? They built eventually. I think they built them a bridge. Yeah. <laughs> For the mountain lions. For the mountain lions or whatever they were. Yeah. So that's a good thought. <laughs> Ease wellness. Yeah. Promo that was actually that was at ease.com. Okay. That was well. a little more THC than the C B D. Uh all right, man. You probably needed some of that to get to bed on Sunday night. We're recording this on Monday. Um like the Kevin thing seemed Kevin Durant, Brooklyn Net. I actually heard uh, Ian Eagle on NBA radio on Monday morning say if the Nets had never moved from Jersey to Brooklyn, this kind of thing might never have happened. Uh, built a new arena. Did Brooklyn like they saved him a little bit just by becoming going to the going uh, going into a cooler place, becoming probably better for business. Built a new arena, just became a higher level franchise by moving. Um, but I mean, Kevin going to the Nets isn't crazy. I guess Kevin saying they were going to announce it on the boardroom IG account, and then Woj scooped it by like three minutes. It's kind of entertaining. Uh, going there with Kyrie. Um. It's just wild. Which I, it's it's which wild that you know what's wild to me. Pair with Kyrie in New York. What's wild? Knicks. Yeah. What's wild to me is that this isn't that wild. That by the time it happened, it became clear that the Nets were a real possibility. This guy won two championships, popped an Achilles, and left. Yeah, it's one of the more bizarre situations we've ever seen. Though we knew this was happening forever, and I went back and I watched the press conference when he went Chicago White Sox hat. And he snapped on Ethan, which he gave some of the great sound bites in the history of a press conference for being like not that serious, but kind of screwing around. And also that when the thing ends, Kawakami asks him a question like, so what do you think about the pace of the game today? And he just drops the mic like, you don't give a shit, and just walks out. It's an incredible performance. 
But I, I got to give Dickinson, our buddy Dickinson, a little credit on this one because he kind of tipped me off to this, and I think he was dead on. That he thought one thing Kevin struggled with during the season was he felt like such a fraud because he knew he was leaving. When Ethan wrote that story, it was like in February, the elephant in the room was already there. Let's never forget that when Draymond snapped at Kevin, it wasn't in like May. That happened in November, guy. And the elephant in the room then was, this motherfucker's got a foot out the door. It was like the fifth game of the season. Tenth or what? It was not far into the season. And I tweeted this this weekend. He's one of the great multitaskers I've ever seen. Because for a guy that had a foot out the door, he was incredible, guy. <laughs> he dominated. He was awesome. Like, if he stays healthy, they win the championship. I think we all acknowledge that. But I also think, guy, at the end of the day, and no one in the end, like, if this was the NFL, now the sport with injuries is different in the NFL. They don't happen as much in the NBA, but I haven't seen this written anywhere. And I'm of the camp, and you and I talked about it last week. I had a red flag that it was clear the Warriors were going to offer him the $230 million. I thought that risk there was immense because the risk for Kevin with them was even greater than the Nets because the Nets really just have the three-year window, right? They got this one year that they're paying him to rehab, which is they don't get him. And then they get three years to see if he's any good. So it's not... It's not like a six, seven-year crippling deal. For the Warriors, they're one year without him, and then you got four years left with them at enormous, like $50 million a year numbers. Where if you're still an elite player, a top seven or eight player, that's fine. Did you see that James Harden, because it's all about when you're drafted, James Harden and John Wall are on the exact same contract. The exact same contract. So... No one says like James Harden, like he's worth every penny. John Wall is then known because of injuries as the worst contract in the league. And I just think that no one's really acknowledging. The only guy I've heard bring this up is Ethan talked about it on the athletic podcast. Like it is kind of nuts that everyone just thinks that they're just getting Kevin Durant, the ass kicker. And when he's been healthy pre Achilles injury, we'd all acknowledge he's one of the great unique players in the history of the NBA. That player is no longer there, probably. Like, one thing I know, guy, is he'll never be the best player in the world again. Now, is he still a top five or six player? I'd bet against that. To me, the question is, is he still like a all-star starter or all-star, you know, top six or seven guy on an East team? I guess the East is not as good, but you know what I mean. I don't know. And I, I think that is not getting talked about because we know Kyrie's a weirdo, but he's an elite player. Like, Kevin... Fucking Torres Achilles guy. Yeah, I think he's going to be good again. Um, to what degree? Based I don't on know. what? Based on his skill set. Based on the fact that I don't think he needs to be the most explosive player on the floor to be one of the best players on the floor, even on the best floors. Based on his length. Um, based on his shooting ability. You know, based on the fact that I, I think maybe he can become even more of a, I don't want to say a post player, but an interior player while still being able to shoot from the outside. Um, I don't think he'll be the same. I think that'd be crazy, but I, I think his game will age well. In this case, the age has been accelerated by an Achilles injury, but I think his game will age well. Um, but he was still a really explosive athlete for a tall, long guy. No doubt. You know? Yeah, I, but I don't think... I, but like I said, even if he's not that same guy, even if he's not the greatest player in the world, he's... He's so he was so his ceiling is so high. Plus, he's in the East, um, so that helps. I don't think it's a lock that they make a finals, 
partly because of that, partly because of, like you said, him and Kyrie, it's just everywhere they've been, it's been dramatic. And now you're going to put them together, and because they're friends, nothing's going to happen? Uh, there already was the story that he wanted to go to the Knicks, but Kyrie wanted to go to the Nets. And then you told me the part that I that was from a different report, which was that once he got hurt, Kyrie was like, I'm not going to the Knicks and doing that for a year on my own without you. That was separate from the other report I read that was just he wanted to be a Nick and Kyrie wanted to be a net. So I think there's the real possibility that it just gets weird. How could it? I, I just don't see how it doesn't get weird. Well, so one between thing we that, know. It, so they need that to be seamless and they need his Achilles to heal to a degree that no one really has had it heal before in terms of ability. Now, no one, I don't know if anyone as good as him when he got hurt has had to deal with it either, but there's just a lot going on there for them. It's, and then he doesn't play. Like, that's the other thing, John. He's not playing this year, which I know everybody knows that he's not playing this year. Is that Kyrie? Remember, that's when Kyrie was going like, he was kind of over LeBron and started making fun of him a little bit. Like to me, guy, Kyrie and Kevin are different in the sense but, that I don't, I don't feel like Kyrie is obsessed with like the first take and the all the takes out there. Well, that drives Kevin's mind, which is scary to me. Kyrie is just a legit certified weirdo, right? Just a weird dude. Kevin is not a weird dude. I actually think he's. Pretty genuine human. Like I, I, I gen like in my experience, watching Kevin extremely closely, watching every press conference ever give, just watch him interact with humans in the bay, the way people talk about him. I think he's a good soul. I, I really do. I, I think that's why he got along with Stephen Clay. Like they're good people. I just think he's you know one thought I had this morning? Like, I, and I don't by the way, I don't dude think he's a girlfriend. I don't think you'll get much debate on that. Well, no everyone supports him that. They're just that's why I think they can't understand. Because you're around like Steph and Clay that are good people and just very – I guess the, right, the major difference is he's – for whatever reason, he's got this deep-down insecurity that like Steph and Clay and even Draymond clearly don't have. But – I think the worst is to acknowledge this. Yeah, he's super insecure, but he's so goddamn good. Who cares? And they did everything possible. They kissed his feet. They treated him better than Steph, Clay, or Draymond. Clearly, they put him on a pedestal. I mean, they suspended Draymond for basically calling him what everyone was thinking a bitch and had a foot out the door. Like, say what you want. Everyone in the Warriors, all the fans, like, God, this guy's sensitive. They, they're basically just saying what Draymond said in a little more vicious of a way. Draymond took it probably a little over the top. But it felt like that moment, you could argue, was he already gone before that moment and Draymond knew it? It's possible. Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely was hearing rumblings like he's probably leaving after this year. It, which is which is why, like, Kendrick Perkins had some quotes to Mark. Spears. There are two articles I read Monday. I mean, I read a bunch of stuff, as I know you did, but there were two that really entertained me. One was the Mark Spears article in The Undefeated. The other was Marcus Thompson's article about Steph and, and KD and how it never became what it could have been, which I want to get to in a minute. But he wrote what Mark Spears wrote this thing after we talked to uh, Jay Williams. No, <laughs> after talking to Kendrick Perkins, and Kendrick was just like, um, you know, it just he he. There were all part of the the point of the Spears article was there was just too much disrespect 
from the Warriors between a number of things. One was the incident you referenced, which is like, hey, something led to that incident. Like, that wasn't just out of the blue. Kevin and Draymond start yelling at each other. The other thing was... Yeah, like, screw you, I hate you! It's like, I thought we were best friends! The 20, yeah, like, the, yeah, the championship parade where Fitz said to Bob, last year you told Steph he could get whatever contract he wants to, and then Bob said that was different. Curry's been here since the way before days. He earned it. And that whole awkward interaction... Like, to me, I, I understand that one was weird. It like was weird, but like, uh, don't you think all the other stuff, it's it's to ignore all the stuff they did that was out of respect for him. And then it, to, it to, did reference the MVP chance, which had nothing to do with the organization. He was hurt. Yeah, but you know what that was about. Think of their chanting MVP for a guy that won two MVPs. No doubt, like, no doubt. But that, that was partly about like, finally, it's your team again. That's what that was. Which is fine. You're allowed to love Steph unconditionally. <laughs> I mean, Jesus. Well, to me, here, here, the, the 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 Bob even has apologized. Like that was stupid. It was a dumb comment. Would it have mattered? No. Fitz started it. Dumb comment from those two guys. And I also think like people can say two different people can say things, and it comes from different places. Like Bob wasn't. Yeah, they were shots. screwing around. They were fucking with him. It was like, and again, that's where I think. Yeah. The you can the Warriors can mess with each other. Right. Like you follow these guys on on Instagram. Draymond is constantly making fun of Livingston for leaving his shoes in front of his lockers. Like, it's kind of has like an NFL feel to it. And Kevin is so goddamn sensitive. Like, part of the Draymond deal, having watched that game live on the final possession, because Steph, had he rolled an ankle, remember? He, yeah, he wasn't even there. He was not there. So it was like they were down one. Draymond got a rebound. Kevin does this over-the-top clap of needing and demanding the ball. I mean, it was just uh, over the top of just freaking out. And Kevin does this all the time. He does the clap. Draymond didn't even look at him. But Draymond is a playmaker and usually makes a wrong play. And then ultimately, I think it got stripped or he threw the ball away. He screwed up. But, like, Draymond freaked because he was screaming at him to begin with. So, like you said, it wasn't just like Draymond came out of the blue, shoved Kevin to the ground. Like, no, Kevin kind of started it. You know, now Draymond then, which... You know, I'm a sucker for because I do this a lot too. Probably took it over the edge, but Draymond wasn't just some unprovoked. You know, he's not just like a tiger in the wild that just had to eat. Like he was just playing, and I think that the clapping, which I do think deep down, like Steph Clay and Draymond, that bothers them a little bit because they're not like they're like we're all max guys. We don't fucking clap and act like bitches here when things don't go right. And Kevin has a lot of that in him, and that's why I think this Nets thing guy. Because Kyrie's weird. I don't even think Kyrie's necessarily a clapper, but he's not a passer. So he'll just dribble, 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 dribble. I, I, I would, I would. I mean, I Kyrie short, stopped talking to his teammates. I would short the Nets guy. Yeah, I, I, um, because the Nets I, I got the, crushed, and they, they may actually look lucky here in years. Yeah, but it doesn't mean like they're going to also find no, success. No, no, it yeah, might they, mean they suck forever. But, but maybe the, but maybe to your point, the maybe the Warriors got lucky. I don't know. I, well, I, I, I think I, for them, I, I believe that. I believe that. I think for them, though, they would have been good in two years when he was healthy-ish and Clay was healthy. And like, I still think they they would have been good because they have this whole built-in environment and this built-in you got team. Two, you got two big ifs there, though. You know, I mean, you guys two guys coming back from pretty big injuries. Right? Yeah, no, there's no doubt. But I still think them at less than capacity is a pretty good basketball team, as we saw. Oh, sure. Now they're two. Now they'd be two years older. I'm not saying anything's a guarantee, but I just think they had the best. I think they had one of the best chances at making it work, whoever whoever has the best chance of making it work. Um, 
and you know the Spears thing was interesting. Uh, the uh, Marcus Thompson article was interesting because one did you? I don't know if you had a chance to read that one, but I haven't. God, you're a reader. Well, you know what I loved about it is as I was reading, I was like, oh, I know where this is going, and it's where it went, which was for Steph and Kevin, they got along. Steph welcomed him. Steph did something pretty unprecedented, flying straight back from his international trip straight to New York. By the time he got to Kevin's apartment or home or whatever, Kevin had already announced that he was going to the Nets. Steph still went and visited him. Like, he wasn't going to get there in time to try and convince him. And Marcus's thing was maybe he wasn't going to try and convince him at all. It was just one final, hey, one last meeting as teammates. It was real. Good luck. He flew straight from China to New York. Yep, flew straight back. Pretty incredible. And, and even though the, even and, though the news broke when they were like over correct, the middle correct. of America, he still went and saw him, even though he are, they already knew. And which I think is like I think that's impressive to still go have the meeting or whatever. But um, I, I just started thinking about like the Ste- I can't imagine like Steph getting picked up in the car, getting driven to Kevin's house. Like does Steph knock on the door? Is the door already open when the car pulls up? Um, does he go solo? Does he have a couple? No of way. With him? Like those people. Like, he's got a. He's not like. Pull it up, MapQuest. Like, how do I get from the private terminal, Hulu or not Hulu, uh, Waze or whatever? But um, <laughs> listen to some tunes on the way. Yeah, these are all the stuff I was thinking about, like all the logistics. Like, is Steph pulling this off logistically all on his own? But his point was, they were just even though it, there was a lot of stuff that was set up for them to become super tight. Like, ultimately, Kevin chose to play with two friends, right? Kyrie being one of them, and DeAndre being the other. But like him and Steph were cool, but they never became like boys, boys. Like they like never Wade, became Wade and LeBron. And his thing was part of this was just the timing didn't line up for them. Like by the time Kevin got here, Steph had a family. Like Steph's inner circle is his family, people he's known for a long time. You know, like Brian his old teammates that work. Yeah, he's got a few people that are around now. Kevin's circle has actually gotten even tighter since it got here. And when he got here, it got tighter, but he said, you even see less of his mom around and less of Charlie bell around. Um, it's really just rich and this other guy and his Nike reps, like his circles gotten even tighter. And, um, the what first is the Nike, what does a Nike rep really do with a player? The <laughs> like first, he, he was saying like, one of the things he wrote was the first year he was actually kind of more interactive with his teammates. And as time went on, it became less of that, you know? But just that the timing didn't line up for them. What's interesting because you would say Steph, Draymond, and Clay are all at different points in their own personal lives. Like Draymond had has a young baby, got or maybe yeah, just got married or yeah, yeah. You know, Steph's much further along in his family life. Clay's got some time, uh, <laughs> but yet it all but works. Clay is, but it does feel like Clay for a guy that kind of lives a little like a twenty year old is a mature kind of freelancer, right? Like, he's not really a screw-around guy. No, it feels like Clay sees uh, life's moving fast, but he sees it in slow motion, you know? (laughs) A lot of bullets are flying around Clay. Somehow he handles all the text messages. But, you know, if Kevin was looking for, like, a best friend, it just the timing wasn't going to line up for him to get that. He didn't say that. He didn't say that. No, I know, but I I do think, because Kevin said or someone reported that it was a big deal to go play and hoop with his homies. Like I, I do think that he felt when he came here, when he went to the Nets, when he went to the Nets, yeah, because DeAndre, like he wants to hoop with his homies. So that's I'm, I actually just pulled Marcus. Whenever we finish, I'm gonna read that article because I do think in his mind it really matters to him to play with people that he truly cares about, and I think he's gonna learn like 
well, Kyrie, what if Kyrie gets a girlfriend fast? Or like, shit changes. Like, it's this is a big time business. You told me a story about a guy, I'm not going to name him, but you've worked with before, pro athlete, that says like a lot of his good friends are still based from college and like the minor leagues. Right. Because once you get to the big leagues, once you get to the NBA, once you get to the NFL, everything becomes such about business. Now, when you're both like, to me, if you get two guys in the same draft class, right, in any sport, and you come up together, that bond's pretty unique because you kind of are, even in the NFL, like you're talking about the same shit in the locker room when you're 21, and then you grow together. That's what's been so crazy about uh, Brady is Brady has this unreal balance. And I got to give Steph a lot of credit, too. I do think Steph balances it pretty well. Tom may be a little more likely to like do a boys trip than maybe Steph would. But still, I I think they both – are cognizant and active of attempting to like be, be bring like have effort in doing stuff with you. And that really is important. And I think Kevin thought like there was going to be this truly organic, like, like his relationship with Russell will never be duplicated again because when they met now they did like Kevin was already rich, but they didn't really have anything. They had no legacy. They had no name recognition beside elite talents that were on the come up, they kind of grew together. That's really what was so special about it. Yeah. Just like what the Warrior, what, what do Steph Clay and Draymond have? Even more than with Iguodala. Like Iguodala came on and kind of helped teach him the ways. But it's like these three young guys didn't know shit and everyone didn't even think they were anything. And then they made something together. Like they're bond together. Like when they're at the BBQ in when they're 55, like their bond is pretty special. Now Kevin can come too and they'd welcome him back. But it ain't quite the same. No, it never, and it never, it never was going to be, and it never will be. And I do think you're right. I think it's like it's a shame that him and Russell, that it didn't work for them. Because you're never like going to find anything quite that, quite like that. Like we had talked, we interviewed, I remember when we had a radio show before, well, before, before we even knew he was sick, uh, Dwight Clark. Like what Dwight and Joe Montana and Ronnie Lott had, and even like, and you saw it with the Cowboys, like Emmett, Michael, it, once you win, if you start together from nothing, like if we were doing this podcast right now and I had just met you a couple years ago and this was just doing dynamic, doing dynamic takes, we were able to make money off it, it would be a little different than what we actually have, right? Like I knew you when we didn't have shit. You could argue we still don't have much. Uh, but it's just – it's different than when I think you hear a lot of radio hosts or podcasts they're just doing it for the like this Max Kellerman and Stephen A. Like, say what you want. Stephen A. and Skip had something kind of special. Yeah. They created this thing that no one thought they could have really quick. You know, it's a pretty good show. Mm. I don't know if you get Showtime. Russell Crowe's doing this thing for Fox News. Like, he's playing Roger Ailes, the guy that started Fox News. It's like a, it's like a series. Mm-hmm. It's basically no, I, like a, I don't a get show. Showtime. Wow. Yeah, I don't either. I just steal it from my mom. But it's, it, I, first episode was last night. It was really good. It's Russell Crowe got really fat for the— Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's just like they started this network and like it started from scratch. Like he found Bill O'Reilly and Sean Hannity that were nothing. Yeah, well, now, like John, it's those this, guys it's just pretty unique. When you know? when the Beatles it's broke why up I should have stayed in Oklahoma City. It's what I wanted him to do. I know, I know, I know. When when the Beatles broke up, I heard if if you ever flip on the Howard Stern channel, like I've heard it like once every six months, I hear his Paul McCartney interview from last year. And it's phenomenal. And um, one of the things McCartney says is when the Beatles broke up, he start the next band he started was it was not like world class musicians. 
he didn't just go get like the best keyboard player in the world, the best rhythm guitarist in the. Well, I guess he was the rhythm guitarist, the best lead guitarist in the world, or actually he was a bass player. He didn't go get all the best people. He had He's like saying his, when he was trying to start his own band post Beatles. Post Beatles, because because the question was like, did like did all the did famous people reach out to you? I think there was a story that like Jimi Hendrix wanted to start a band with Paul McCartney, and Paul was like, well, actually, I don't. If that was true, I never heard about it. But, like get a super team of musicians? Yeah, but what he did, he just tried to recreate what the Beatles had. He's like, when we got together, we weren't great musicians, but we just came up together and we played and played and played and played and we knew each other so well and we evolved and we developed. So when he started his band, it was like his wife was the keyboard player, even though she'd never really, and the he just had people. He just figured, we'll just do this same thing again. We'll just get some people. We're not that great now, but we'll start doing, we'll start practicing and we'll start writing songs and eventually we'll be great. It's like, well, doesn't like now you're super rich and you're a legend and it's not going to the other people around you won't develop the same way because you're Paul McCartney and, you know, whatever. But I respect that he tried to go back to square one. You just to me, everything you just described, you can't put it in an incubator like you can't just follow. Well, that's what he's trying to do, guy. I I know. I know. (laughs) I know. And I, I and. I, listen, whether it's the childhood, it's something – I think we're all kind of products of our childhood. That he's searching for something that clearly like Draymond and Clay and Steph are very at peace with. And that's where I think they kind of butted heads like, bro, why are you – what are the points of the burner account? Why are you screaming at Ethan? Like what's the – like what, what are you doing? Okay. And the Warriors, like their greatest strength, those three guys – Minus Draymond, sometimes on the court with referees. Though he had a brief moment in the playoffs where you're like, God, he's changed his ways. And then he's step back. Is there maturity? And, you know, it's kind of reminiscent, I think, a little of the Spurs guys. Obviously, Tim is like Steph. And then the other two guys, you know, they just kind of get it, guys. And if those guys ever would have added, like, a, let's say, like, in their prime, like a Tracy McGrady or whoever of that generation – they probably wouldn't have seen eye to eye, though, because they're such basketball geniuses. It would have worked for a short period of time. Like it was, it speaks to the basketball genius of the three Warriors. Like everyone's like, "How's D'Angelo Russell gonna fit?" Fucking seamlessly, because they'll figure it out. Because if Steph needs to do something different, like he'll adapt. That's they're like the seals; they adapt. You know, they just will figure it out. But Kevin is not like Mister Figure It Out. It's like he kind of wants to do it his way. The clapping, the ISO, and and they deal with it because he's so great. And that's where I think that his second career guy, if he's never the same, and again, I don't, I'm not rooting for him never to be the same. I'm just basing it off 34 years of life, been watching sports for a living for about now 15 years, and been watching it religiously since I was probably like eight or nine. Those guys usually in their 30s in any sport are never the same. It's sad. It sucks, but. Luckily, he like didn't go Isaiah Thomas where he didn't get any money. He got still got paid and everything. But I, I, I'm just betting against it. He's probably never going to be saying it's going to be him as a bad player. Would probably be pretty miserable, you know. Like to, when Duncan ages and 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 Steph ages, like they they age pretty kind of gracefully. You know, may, they may not be great players anymore. Like Kobe was never going to age gracefully because he's just he was a stubborn nut. <laughs> it did not go well. Kevin. It'll be more like the spats of the media, I think. You wrote that I'm a show of myself when he's averaging like 12 points. Right, you know? right, right. And you're just like, Jesus. Yeah. Now, I, I, I've i never lived in New York. I've only been there twice. So 
So I, I don't quite have a feel of the Nets, Knicks. Obviously, the Knicks are the team, but you bring Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, like the way that team's going to be covered is going to be intense because everyone under 30 years old, like if a game's on, I'm not watching Kevin Knox and R.J. Barrett lose by 20 if Kyrie Irving's on the other channel, right? They're going to get eyeballs. They just will. That's the way the NBA – like they have – and especially – if Kevin was able to play well, right know, now, like the NBA, healthy. you get scrutiny no matter where you play. If if you're no, a star. I, I know, but I'm just saying, like, I, I think they're going to be covered like a legit super team, right? Whenever Kevin yeah. comes back in a year, yeah. But I'm just saying, why not? I mean, they if uh, OKC got covered that way, you know? Why well, just say it's unique? Just because like there is another team in the market, you know? It's arguably the just quote unquote juggernaut, but they're right. not. <laughs> I just wonder if like if I was running, I mean, our newspapers did. If I was running like the Athletic. Or, you know, we're doing podcasts. I just wonder if you're going to end up talking a lot about the You know the what's Nets. funny, it, it, by the way, is like everyone says that, like, the Knicks don't have the pull anymore. Well, clearly when it comes to free agency, they have a problem, which is their owner. People don't trust them. Players. But the fact that everyone shits on the Knicks is proof that they're all – like, the Knicks are still a big deal. And when the Knicks are – if they're ever great, that will be, will be a bigger deal. They just have a ceiling that a lot of other teams in the NBA – don't have i don't know why everyone's always arguing about this like they're not relevant anymore well yeah they are because when they're bad everyone's talking about them so they are relevant now they're it's going to take like once upon a time the nets were a complete disaster well now they got a gm they the proker off thing ended now was well, he still the, is he still the owner or no i don't know i haven't heard from the guy in years i don't think <laughs> yeah. he's not around anymore i feel like he still is the owner but he's not i don't know it's a weird deal i don't think he is um but my point is just like it's going to take a lot for the knicks but they just have they just have something that most teams don't have. Is he still the owner? What? I think he is, but just he's... that they're the Knicks. I like, think one main difference is guy that runs Rock Nation, like the agency. His twin brother now is the president of the Nets, and I think he's taken on a big role, kind of like Larry Barish. Yeah, like he plays. Like I don't. I don't think Prokhorov says he's still the owner. I don't think he's around a lot. Remember that when they made that huge trade way back in the day? It was like, Prokhorov. He's yeah. just going to be around all the time, just doing deals, killing people, throwing in the ocean, winning basketball games. And then it's like he just went back to Russia and he disappeared. Uh, so maybe he's like an absentee owner. But I also think this guy, like if you're just the average NBA player from wherever, let's say Texas or let's say Ohio or wherever, Michigan, I think a lot of guys, like the Lakers were kind of a disaster too. The Knicks were a disaster. But more guys would rather live in L.A. than New York. Sure. So if you just flip the two teams, like it could easily just be if the Knicks were based in L.A. and the Lakers were based in New York, it would be the same thing. Yeah, I, yeah I'm just saying I don't understand why everyone says they're irrelevant. I get why they say it from a free agency standpoint. Players haven't signed there. But clearly Kevin was considering it. Um, well, because I do think he understands – and I think he saw it firsthand these last three years, the power of a big market and money. And the he kind of already did what everything he had to do. Like all his contacts were made out here. Boom, he goes there. It's a little bit different, like the financial world of banks or who knows what he wants to do. And he kind of gets to do both. That's what I think is a big part of this. It's all kind of a business move, which you brought this up and I've been thinking a lot about. Like these players can't get mad. Like treat me like a human. And then the next day they're like, we're I'm a, a business. Brand. I'm We're a brand. brand. Yeah. What's well, like? Oh, well, then, okay. Well, what the, can't talk out of both sides of your mouth here. Like Kevin, you can't act like be, be nicer to me and then tell me you're a brand every other day. Which 
he definitely views himself as a brand, which I don't blame him. Which I don't even know, like, it, when he wakes up in the morning and looks in the mirror, he's a human being. Well, I think that's the struggle with this all. He's like, I just want to be a human. I just want to be liked. Which I understand. I did he think it was humorous that on his IG post where he's riding the bike in front of the Golden Gate Bridge, there's a GoPro on the handlebars of the bike. Now, maybe it's pointing out and he's just recording it for his own use. I can't wait to go back and ride this. What are the chances that was part of some, like, short film that somebody produced? Well, think if you were just on a jog in that area, because that's not that far away from your house, right? A yeah, lot I've of people walked I, down there before. Yeah, I know a lot of people in the marina that's that Chrissy I always Field. see. They they love taking a good Instagram picture when they're on a jog. They stop and eh, I'm I'm just guilty. Or a walk could just be a walk. It could just be a walk. They just you're just walking or walking your dog or whatever. All of a sudden, this dude, seven foot guy on a bike. I mean, you just be like that's fucking Kevin Durant, <laughs> you know? Because I saw this girl that I follow on Instagram. On her Insta story the other day, she was at Disney World or Disneyland. And she's like, my mom just pointed and look who it is. And it's just Kobe and Vanessa walking down kind of like this area of Disneyland, just like toward another ride with a couple of their girls. It's just Kobe's in like a jumpsuit and Vanessa's just wearing normal chick clothes with the glasses on. It's like Kobe fucking Bryant. And the and it, it, in the background, just a bunch of normal looking people are just walking by. And I was kind of shocked, like more people aren't just staring at him. Because he's probably the tallest human on the premises. So anytime you're 6'7", you just stand out. Then when you're Kobe freaking Bryant in L.A., everyone would just be staring at you. Like Kevin Durant couldn't have just walked around San Francisco without everyone looking at him, right? He's just too tall. Yeah. Remember, we, we saw the one day, like, Rod Woodson, like one of the great DBs in the history of the NFL, was just walking down the street in San Francisco, and no one could have pointed him out of the lineup. Because at the end of the day, Rod Woodson, who actually was a taller DB, probably like 6'1", but he just – if he has a hat on and sweats on, you don't really notice him. Right. He's not 6'7". Yeah, even Montana. Montana's 6'2". But you get Durant, who's, who's dramatically taller. Even if there's one 6'5 guy on the street, he's got that guy by seven inches. He just stands out like a sore thumb. How about I, the – uh, I'm going to be fascinated with him and Kyrie. How about the uh, NHL, uh, NHL free agency where people are freaking out over like $8 million contracts today? What did Pavelski get? Don't know, three years, something, something. I just saw a couple like, first, Andre and now Pavelski. Like, all right. Um, yeah, I, I, I like Pavelski just because I know he's a golfer. It seems like a good dude, but, I mean, they they just lost a lot in the playoffs. So, I mean, I'm not – he didn't win a championship here. Like, to me, I wouldn't even put him in the same breath as Andre Iguodala. Is Andre Iguodala won the finals. Well, let's get to the Warriors. Is this shot's fired, John, six minutes ago? Clay reposted on Insta story. I'm Some- out. No. Somebody posted a video of like uh, NBA video game of Zaza Pachulia doing a windmill dunk and tagged Zaza. So then Zaza reposted it and added Clay and said, Clay Thompson, can you do this? And Clay reposted it and his caption was, That's about as realistic as the world being flat. Ooh. Ooh. Well, <laughs> that I shot's okay, fired at Kyrie. Yeah, I think that shot's fired a little at Kevin. Like, bro, I let you into our home, and everyone acts like I don't have that much pull. Like, it was all Steph, and like I said from the jump, like, ain't shit, ain't shit changing for me. And let's face it, along this way, you need me, Kevin. Like, I, I take some heat off you because everyone's – I'm the levity of the situation. I'm the least drama-filled player in league history. Like, last night, Nick Wright, I, you know, was hoping because he's, like, about 20 minutes in. He's like, kind of weird they haven't announced the clay signing. And in fairness, I started thinking, like, it is a little weird. But then you realize that clearly the Clay and Steph 
trust with Bob Myers and Lakeup, like they're all on the same page. So it's like you, Clay probably knew everything was going on. Like, yeah, whatever. Just you can't even officially sign this thing till July 6th. What I'm in no rush, but I would imagine Clay was like, I'm a little tired of all this bullshit uh, that Kevin brings to the table. Like I've been around the NBA, you, you know, arguably the most famous team ever showtime Lakers. I, I guess he wasn't really around him. He was young, but I've heard a million stories about him and we don't need to act like this. So yeah, go the go deal with all your BS. We'll just keep playing here. I do think it's pretty fascinating though. At the end of the day, and I, I give I give Bob a lot of credit because most former agents, your nature is just going to be a little bit of a politician and a talker. You would think a lot of former agents would be very powerful with the media, and Bob has this balance where no one, and I repeat, no one. Well, they might have, like maybe Woj knew this. But he was told, you do not say a peep. Like this this is not Daryl Morey telling the world what we're going to do. This is, you know, fly under the radar and then come swinging. Because I think most people around here was like part of the shitty part about losing Kevin Durant was everyone kept saying like, why don't they just replace? Why don't they just go sign Kawhi? With, there's no cap space. It did not exist. Well, what are you going to do? Well, they traded for D'Angelo Russell, who's coming off a career year. And yeah, I mean, the, it's a little pricey for me, though I played him a lot in DraftKings. But... They were going to get nothing, and now they have D'Angelo Russell. Like That's pretty incredible, and no one knew. To me, and I tweeted this yesterday, and yeah, I'm a Daryl Morey hater, but Dar- in a million years, that the Rockets never would have operated like that. You would have known they were going after Russell for weeks. So I, I do appreciate that about Bob. like Because my first inclination when Bob cried on television with Kevin is to make fun of him. And I think like a lot of people are like, oh, this guy's kind of phony. I do think he brings something to the table. Like there is some realness there and there is like in a weird way that I don't have that clearly resonates and shit with people in the league. Like his really, like he's good at what he does. And it's not – and no one views it that matters as fake. Like Kevin likes Bob Myers. D'Angelo Russell and his agent like Bob Myers. Clearly D'Angelo guy who was a restricted free agent, then they had to renounce once they get – he could have signed wherever he, he didn't have to come to the Warriors. He could have told the Lakers I'm in. He could have told all these other teams. He wanted to come here. That's that's the only way this happens. He wanted to be a Warrior, which is well, pretty Well, was nuts. everyone else offering him the max? That's true. So they were offering him some cash. I mean, but it, it doesn't invalidate yeah. your point. I, just, I don't know the answer to that, but it doesn't invalidate your point. That's no, fair. I, that's fair. I, I think you're right, just what you said about Bob. Um, and you, you remember there was that brief, like, is Bob going to leave? It's like, well, he's got a lot of work to do. So what was more Sunday night, a bigger, whoa, Andre being traded away or just the moment that it was like, oh, Andre's not going to be around or the D'Angelo Russell becoming a warrior? What was the bigger, whoa, reaction? Well, I think it was 100% D'Angelo Russell yeah. because you, you only got four players to trade. You ain't trading Steph. You ain't trading Clay. You're kind of stuck with Draymond now. It might have been tradable if Kevin had stayed, but now you need Draymond because Clay's gone. So it's like Andre – remember part of it was like Andre fought for that third year, fought for that third year because it kind of got contentious. Like the Warriors just wanted to give him like two years, $40 million. He's like, I, I take a little less, but I want a third year. So they gave him the third year, and everyone said, well, that third year, that's an expiring contract. And then when you add it all up, he kind of went scorched earth on the organization last week in a way that Steph and Clay and Draymond never would have. Uh, I, I thought that was a great point by you because I think a lot of people saw the Andre video and then a lot of, I saw a lot of this on Sunday. Like, well, once Andre said the things he said on the be- Breakfast Club, they couldn't keep him around. 
But you made the point, and the more I think about it, and then some news came out, I think you're right. He, at that point, he probably already knew. Because I, I don't know if it was Marcus or Tim or somebody wrote that Bob had basically told him six days ago that this might be part of what happens, is that he gets traded. So I think you're right. I think the point you made was he already knew what he was – what was going to happen to him when he went on that radio show? According to the report, again, I forget who wrote it too. I have so many reports. He 100% was, was given a heads up that, listen, if something goes down, you're the guy going to get dealt. And I do think that speaks to the Warriors like, we're not just going to fuck you. Like, we're going to be forthright and honest with you, but you're gone. You know, this was before he ever went on the book tour. Uh, how did he, Andre have so much time to write a book? Great question. I don't, think, I don't know. It wasn't like Marcus or someone ghost wrote it with him. I think he wrote it himself. Pretty sure, but who knows? I don't. That's wow. It's <laughs> impressive. I, I guess you get older. You got you know you don't sleep as much. You get a little more time. But yeah, he, he wrote a book himself and he got traded. And I it was time. You know I I don't think anyone's saying that he got screwed or whatever. Like he was the guy to go. You know it was just it was time. He had a hell of a run. You know, I, I saw everyone tweeting 40% of the Hamptons five is gone now. That era is officially over. You transition. That's what happens. Like, Steph is your Duncan. You kind of transition. Now, the difference is, I guess Andre is kind of just an ancillary extra part. You know, like, the, the, the core is Duncan, Parker, and Manu. The core here is Steph, Clay, and Draymond. Now, to me, the big question is, they can offer Draymond. I was reading the, the NBA cap guy. I mean, you need to go to like Wharton School of Business to be able to even. You, you realize, like, honestly, following this yesterday, I, I do think somewhat looking back, and I, whenever someone claims race, I always think race baiter. I do think Jalen had a little bit of a point. Like, they have made this shit so complicated that only geniuses can be involved. Like, you, you can't run an NBA team and be dumb. Like, and I'm not just saying like normal. Like, I couldn't run. You have to be highly, highly intelligent to even function, right? Like it is very complicated. Yes. It's way more complicated than the NFL, which is in, intense too. Like baseball is very black and white, right? Yeah, you want five years, 100 million. Like it's just, it's easy. This, you got trade exceptions, kickers, hard cap, soft cap. Well, I'm just thinking even the most basic, like there's a max. But wait, there's also a super max. Like, if you just like, did you know that baseball had a bunch of volunteers at their London series just going around answering questions, explaining the game to people? No. Yeah, I guess they had like video board explanations of the sport, but then they had like 80 volunteers that were in the stands just explaining the sport to people. So if you don't know anything about anything, like to us, Max and Super Max is one of the simplest part of the CBA. But if you're just an average fan, I shouldn't say average fan. I, I think the average fan knows what the Max and Super Max is. But. Like, there's just a bunch of stuff that doesn't, you're like, wait, there's a cap. And, and a lot of sports have this, a cap and then a hard cap and then a tax and then a rollover tax. These are like the simple things. Well, there, everyone kept, a bunch of people tweeted at me once Lillard got his massive extension. So it's basically going to be like Supermax. 50 years. Supermax. Why didn't Clay only get a max? And that gets back to the all-NBA stuff. Dame was first NBA all-NBA uh, all last year, right. second team this year. That gets you a kicker. So ultimately, the Warriors, they couldn't have minded that Clay's no. didn't get this, you know, and they won. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I think it was time for Iggy to go. I think, listen, I play a lot of uh, just nightly like dollar DraftKings entries. I use D'Angelo Russell a lot. He is a bucket getter. He, he is really good. 
as just a score. Now, is he a great like defensive player? No. He actually averaged seven assists last year. Now, again, the Nets were pretty good. Uh, I, I'm actually kind of interested to just – and I watched you know decent amount of Nets games because, again, I bet on him through DraftKings a lot. Uh, and they were just on that were like early NBA TV game a lot. He, he's I mean, he's a dynamic player. Now, is he – they gave him – what also is complicated, you get a max like after your fourth year, like when Clay got his $70 million, or Draymond got his $80 million. Boogie, you know, all those guys, like, after their fourth year, get a huge contract, but it's nowhere near what they will get after eight years. Like, he just got, you know, because it went up, because the cap went up. Basically, after his fourth year, he got $115 million. Like, he got a lot of money. Yeah, yeah. A lot. He got by far the most amount of money of any young player. And Mark- Now, I guess Simmons might sign a huge deal. He's a young player, right? But his max is way higher because he's been an all-NBA guy. His is like 150 I mean, look to give away to to give away draft picks to also give away one year of Andre was expensive. I think two things can be true, right? Like that's a that's a risk they took, but they want to put they they want to make the playoffs next year. And D'Angelo Russell seems like one of the best players, maybe the best player they could get. So they went and got him, and they decided they're going to figure it out. And this is where I think Lakeup comes into play. Is like in twenty twenty four or in 2026, or whatever year they end up giving up a draft pick or draft picks. Like by they traded then, two first-rounders. Yeah, two, but I mean, like, well, I guess one was protected that carried over to the next year if it didn't, right? Like the one through four protection, whatever. Yeah. Um, Ideally, they're just a playoff team and they give it up and they don't care, right? Right, right. But, but I just think, this is the one thing with Lakeup, is, is if your foot's always on the gas pedal, then you're constantly making moves to cover up or to accent to, to cover up. I don't want to say cover up's not the right word, but every move you make creates another move that you're going to have to make. This is why it's important to keep Bob around to keep the person around that's making the moves if you trust them. But I think I, Joe will always have his will always have the pedal to the metal, and that's part of this. My first reaction would have been punt the season, I, and I right. wasn't. That's why I was so shocked. I actually think because you and I we knew Kevin was gone. Now I didn't think he was going to the Nets, but and Kawhi hasn't chose yet. So all the other stuff was like, oh, yeah, cool. Yeah, sweet. They got this Bogdanovich out of the Bogdanovich. Oh, they got Al Horford and all that type of stuff. Cool. But to me, them getting D'Angelo Russell, because I thought they were going to get nothing, is an all-time – indictment's the wrong word. Is like it brings a flashing light on two things, like you just said. The dude – the owner is relentless. like, And clearly he wears people out because he just does not – he's not okay with anything less than just swinging for the fences. And I think that's awesome. I, you know, I think that even brings more of a light into the Giants, who a couple times after they'd won, they'd rest a little bit, and then it come back to bite them. Where that is not Joe's mindset, and part of that, maybe more than ever, is just going into the new building. Like in fairness to him, if you put yourself in his shoes, it's not even about the money anymore. Like he's putting on a show, and he is the big Kahuna now in this area, and he's going to go in there with a shitty team, like. Taking a step back, of course, that's no. Like he had to go to Bob and Kirk and all of his guys. Like, give me about seven different options that we could potentially just improve this team because I can't just go in there with just Steph by himself. Like I, I've had too many people give me too much money. We're better than this, and I and I have nothing but admiration for that. And again, I talked a little bit about it, but having been a Daryl Morey hater, I, I don't know if I can have any more appreciation for how Bob operates because you would typically think with a with just like a personality and that type of guy, he'd be a big media guy. 
and I'm not saying he's not. He's friends with a lot of people in the media, but he doesn't use them like a lot of GMs do. And I, that's refreshing to me. Like he just did a deal. Like because he could have got a lot of like kind of circle jerk articles the last couple of weeks. Like you know they're going to try to get D'Angelo Russell. They're going to try to get D'Angelo. That's what Daryl does every year. And I and in fairness to Daryl, I think part of it is PR to just get all, especially your best player. Uh, and just the way the league thinks about you, they're always coming after the big fish. So I, I, I do get why he does that. But now it's like you can only cry wolf so many times. Like you, you just it's, – it's ridiculous. Where the Warriors could have easily leaked because clearly wouldn't you imagine they've been thinking about this since like the playoffs? I mean they've been, they've been figuring out different avenues for a while. And it never got out one time, guy, in a league where everyone talks. This did not get out one time. Think how crazy that is. Yep, it's impressive. It's really impressive. That's all. That's all. It's uh, all John Lynch ever wanted when he signed with the Niners. Can you guys be trusted? But then you also got like they've pulled off a lot of. De- you think about all the deals the Warriors have pulled off in seven years, six years. They've pulled off a lot of deals, right? I, could you argue this? The Kevin one was crazy, but we had been talking about it for a year. Iguodala just told them like, "I want in." This deal. I don't know if they've had an out of nowhere deal like this ever in the Bob run. A nowhere out of left field because Kevin was not out of left field. Now that was way more impactful. I'm not saying that. I mean, they saw a seven seed or whatever. But this is this I thought was the most impressive deal when you just factor in how silent they were, how borderline screwed they were to fly in like this and just to convince this guy. Now, like you said, do they have to convince him? They just offer the most money. Yeah, I mean, it is part of the next era now, the Warriors, right? Like, what, I'll give you a scenario, and this guy might not decide to, like, two weeks from now. If Kawhi doesn't go to the Lakers, would the Lakers have offered D'Angelo that same exact deal? And what I'm be fascinated to know, and we'll never know, if those were his two offers, like he could do a sign and trade with the Warriors for that money, or just go to the Lakers, where would he rather go? I don't know. I don't so, either, but... Because the Lakers were the he kind of felt like the Lakers backup plan of Kawhi didn't come. Yeah. Which but by, as it, of the recording of this podcast, well, we'll get I'll get to Kawhi. What would you if you were the Lakers? And it was clear about thirty minutes in yesterday. Well, we might have to wait for four or five days. But if there's a 50-50 chance he says no, we're gonna have nothing. Or we could just offer D'Angelo right now four one twenty, get him, and you know the saying bird in the hand, whatever. I'd wait. If you do say if he does say no though it's a pretty devastating blow for them. Yeah, but, but to me you roll the dice on Kawhi, you get Kawhi, you're going to you're going to win a championship. You get D'Angelo Russell, that doesn't you're not necessarily going to win a championship. But they they would be the heavy favorite still. Yeah, I'm just like to me Kawhi Leonard right now looks like the best player in the NBA. That's what he looked like when the season ended. No, I'm with you. You probably just have to wait. But there is a lot of risk in waiting for them if he says no or just doesn't, you know, go somewhere else. But in fairness, I don't know how you feel. I feel like he's going to be a Laker. Uh, Yeah, I think he's going to be a Laker, too. (laughs) We're we're just past noon on Monday. I feel like he's going to be. I'd be surprised at this point if he's not a Laker. But again, I don't really know if anything he does should surprise me. I not only think he's going to be a Laker guy, I, I think then they become a absolute lock to win the NBA championship. Yeah, they would be. I mean, they're. I think be. we've seen. I think we've seen in the NBA. I'll, this is where I'll stop short of that. Just 
like the Warriors to me multiple times have been locks to win the championships. Twice they've been but, locks and have but but I but even if like that happens, okay, like Anthony Davis breaks his leg, like they're still there. Like that's the lock when I say like yeah, they could have a devastating injury or like Draymond suspended, but the Warriors still lost in game seven and game six with Achilles oh, suspension okay, yeah. and an ACL. Yeah, they, like, they they will figure it out fast enough to win a title this year. Yeah, and if they lose it, it'll because you know what, LeBron tore his hamstring in Game Six, the same moment Al Horford hit a game winner, and then they just won it in Game even, Seven in Philly. Yeah, even then, they could still win, right? Yeah, and you'd be like, "Well, it was a it was a royal success, right?" That's the way it'll be viewed. I, I wrote down a couple things, just off the cusp. Didn't give you, I didn't even tell you about it. A deal I loved, a deal I've come around on, and a, the one deal that I just like, yeah. You want me to predict? You asked me to predict what you. No, I was going to say just deal you love that happened yesterday. Was there a deal you're like, oh? Um, deal I loved. Bobby Portis to the Knicks for uh, 15 per. Jay Williams, like, get your money, Bobby. Um, I, I can't stand Jay Williams. I guess, you know, like the Bucks had no choice on Chris Middleton, Malcolm Brogdon of the Pacers. Um, deal I loved. I mean, I mean, it doesn't even have no to be choice. Base one, huh? Like it doesn't even have to be. You don't have to like out things around. Like for me, it was Kemba, and I just read oh, Kemba's article yeah. today. It's like, God, he's just an impressive guy. I watched him with Scott Van Pelt last night. I was like, I like this guy. You know, I love that one. That's a good call. It's because when we did the last podcast, I just tweeted out a little poll, like. I've seen more 2011 Big East Kemba games or NBA games, and it was like 85% of people. Now, obviously, it's partly a joke, but I do feel like we're going to get to see Kemba here um, in a way that we haven't gotten to see him before. They're going to play a lot of national televised games, the Celtics are. So, uh, yeah, I'm excited for that. As I saw somebody who who predicted, maybe I was listening to somebody who said Nets at Celtics has to be an opening night game. Yes, the 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 vitriol and the hate for Boston for him will be legit. And I'm I'm loving. I'm just really enjoying that part. Um, uh, what's I, what's what's the deal you hated? Um, I mean, there are a lot of deals that I think are just questionable, like Jimmy Butler to Miami. Uh, obviously Tobias to the Sixers. Well, like, to, like to, to me, they didn't need like what. They didn't need that. Guy, guy, that is by far, to me, I don't even think there is a question. The most insane deal of the day was giving Tobias Harris $180 million. He's been on five teams. Jerry West, the logo, who you could argue, based on his resume, is the greatest GM ever, sold on him. And I get you had to pay something to get him, but I think you can wear it like, this is kind of a sunk cost. You cannot... Now, again, they made up for it a little bit because they ended up getting Horford, Josh Richardson. Like, their team's good. Their team's really good. I think they're – I checked my bookie. You can get them, like, 5-1 to one to win the East. I've been thinking about putting, like, $1,000 on that. Like, I think they're going to win the East. But you cannot pay, in a salary cap league, a non-All-Star game. Again, seven years in the league, never been to an All-Star game, $35 million a year. That, that's that's insane business. Like, to me, if you would give them, like, $100 million, or, like, Harrison Barnes' contract, okay – you cannot give Tobias Harris 180 million. Like Middleton, probably a little. I, I like Middleton more than Tobias Harris, but it, he was Milwaukee's guy. You just it makes more sense. He's been on one team. He's just your guy. He's your number two. Like Tobias, 
I just kind of fell into this guy. I was driving around yesterday picking up dinner. Whoever was filling in on Mad Dog Radio, who's a Philly guy, was like someone just tweeted in Philly, do you know that the Sixers didn't offer Jimmy five years? They didn't offer him four years. They offered him three years. Like they didn't like Jimmy. And I, I think part of it, and he was saying, this guy lives in Philly, is Tobias, but the reason teams keep getting rid of him, he's a great guy. He's like a super high character. Everyone loves him. It's that like, you know, he's always wants to be like a one or a two, but he's probably more of a three or a four, but his character is pristine. Like Jimmy, they it couldn't Jimmy's nuts. This guy's the opposite. He's like a clay. But I just don't know if he's good enough. And I, I just don't think you can pay in the NFL and in the NBA, more in the NBA. Now, granted, the Sixers, he's like their fourth or fifth best player, so actually on the court doesn't matter, but it does for your finances. You're paying a guy $35 million that's your fourth or fifth best player. Like That's what made the Warriors so great. Forever, Draymond was making $15 million. Their fifth best player, Iguodala, was making like $15 million. Yeah. I wonder when if they just felt like we, we can uh, – this This is our this is going to be our opportunity in the East. Well, they did. I just think it was and a terrible – And maybe just our, our year to win a title. Now, they need some scoring. That's the problem is they don't have a ton of shooting, although Horford and uh, – oh, uh, oh, Horford can shoot a little bit, but he's still a big guy. Like – they, they lose J.J. I actually like the J.J. Redick to New Orleans. You know, did you, you see this stat about J.J. Redick? He's never missed the playoffs, or he's never been on a team that missed the playoffs. That's pretty incredible. You know what, J.J., I was thinking about this morning. How about Harrison Barnes? Well, really quick on J.J. Redick oh, yeah. is a good example. Now, he's become a really good player, and when I, like a really good role player, like a guy that any team would take J.J. Redick. But one of his big values right now is everyone's like, God, I love having J- we love having J.J. around the younger guys. Like, there is a value once you get to that level of a player where you're like, you know, I'm probably like a seven or eight million dollar player, but I'm going to get teams to give me 12 or 13. Like, you make more just from being a good guy in the league. If you're just viewed as like, we love this guy having him around, you get you get a little, you get like a little bonus, basically. JJ Reddick has now been getting bonuses for like four years just based on, yeah, I want this guy around Zion. I want this guy to show, uh, I don't even know who else they draft, like how to eat properly. Like That's just why you want J.J. around. And I think Harrison Barnes, a little like the much cheaper version of Tobias Harris, I think you got to be careful of this where you love the person more than you love the player. And I get there's a tax on Sacramento in the sense that you got to overpay a guy to come. But I'd say like with Harrison Barnes, I, and I get it with role players, like Corey Joseph, Tr- Trevor Reza probably had multiple options. The Kings were their highest paid option. Probably could have gone other places, maybe a little more equipped to like win a title, but they like had to take the money. For Barnes, every team in the league would take Barnes at the right price. Like he's a winning player. We've seen him be a starter on a championship team. I still contest the best team I've ever seen. Most talented was the KD teams, but that 73 win team was fucking incredible. And he was a starter on that team. But I, I can't pay him $22 million a year guy. And I get he's the mayor and everyone loves him, but I just don't think he's good enough. I, I hate I, I hate that deal, though I've come around on it in the sense that you're basically just overpaying him to again to be your fourth or fifth best player, which is fine. I just don't like doing that. Yeah. And I think they they love the person more than they like the player. Now, if Luke's beating the drum, like he knows exactly what they're looking for, I get it. But who my question is guy, who was paying Harrison Barnes seventy million dollars? Yeah, I don't know. Like Ricky Rubio got fifty million dollars. I think he's below average. Can't, I can't believe that deal from the Suns, though. 
You who needed a point guard. Play a little extra to get you to come play for the Suns, but the Suns are just... Rozier, Rozier got $58 million to go to the Charlotte Bobcats. Now I get it. You just got to get your yeah, cash. Yeah, I mean, but... uh, which Lopez? Brooke just got 52 Was it Brooke or Robin? Maybe it was Brooke. It was Brooke. Brooke's the better one. Well, Robin might go years. join him. Well, yeah, they're going to play together. My, my, I loved it, like, back to your original guy. Everyone's like, they just see eye to eye on the culture. Yeah, Riley kind of sees eye to eye, like the intensity and shit, but you can't just be a dickhead 24-7. Like, that's not what he's looking for, you know? Like, Jimmy Butler, people hate him. Like, that. no one's like, you know what? Wade's an all-in guy. Yes, teammates like him. People can't stand Jimmy Butler. That's incredible. And I, and I like Jimmy Butler because I do think, like, he's just kind of a gamer. But people legitimately can't stand him. I saw someone tweet, I hope everyone realizes – Jimmy Butler's been on four teams in four years. Like, it's he's jumped the shark a little bit. And Pat Riley's a little desperate. It could be ugly. You see, they traded Hassan Whiteside, and I saw someone Instagram. He was like jumping up and down in his car, like, I got shooters around me, dog. And someone's like, Bro, you don't pass the shooters anyway. It's just these guys, man. The, the drama. Uh, of it all has this I have to admit I've really enjoyed this part of it well it was as action packed of movement as you'll ever see it's also one of the one of the truly great draft classes probably in NBA history maybe not like top 10 players ever but Kyrie Kemba Clay Kawhi Tobias Jimmy even like Nikola Vucevic got 100 million dollars where did Tobias go in that draft I think in like the early 20s, maybe teens. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, The dude Utah signed for 73 million, Bogdanovich. He was in that draft. Mets. So you got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Oh, and and Kawhi Leonard. I mean, you got how much money worth of player right there? Billion dollars. That's. Meanwhile, meanwhile, Bryce Harper didn't make the All Star team. Do you? What do you think about this? I was thinking someone. If he if he was a giant right now, not making the All Star team, that'd be pretty bad. What do I, I think about be. what? Sorry, go ahead. You brought up, did you bring up before, or no, you brought up another podcast about the people helping the uh, people in the London game. Like, again, I'm not trying to shit on baseball here, but the, and the London game was really cool. But shouldn't they have realized, like, you probably don't want to put the London game, maybe just push it back a couple weeks against NBA free agency? Is there just like an out of touchness with it just, you no, just, don't, no one I, even mentions it. Yeah, I don't think it's out of touch. I mean, I, Ideally, it wouldn't be, but I mean, you are sending two teams to London. I would imagine there's, and you want to do it before the All Star break, is my guess. Like you don't want to do it just to give them time, just so they have a week off after their. They, back. they only played two games, right? Yeah, but they still traveled to London. I mean, you just want to give them. It's six. That's a six and a half hour flight from New York. But it's not that. It's not that much different. Like playing in L.A., going to New York. I don't know. It's just you're flying east two and a half hours to. You're going to London. I just. I get you'd like to do it. Ideally, you do it before the All Star break, right before the All Star break. So, and ideally, you wouldn't go head to head on the weekend at NBA free agency, right? Yeah, but and it was done by the time. I mean, it was Friday. It was Saturday, Sunday, and that game on Sunday was at seven a.m. Pacific. So, like, I don't think you can worry too much about NBA free agency. Like, it'd be one thing if it was the Super Bowl or NFL Week yeah, One. It, it but, probably wouldn't have mattered. You know what I mean? I, I watched some of the game on Saturday. I mean, it was like. Uh, 
I mean, it was a Big 12. It was terrible. I don't want to watch that. <laughs> it, it, it was bad. I don't know what that was. 30 it, runs or something? But I did it, hear Mad Dog make a good point. He's like, like the, or maybe it was the, who's the other guy that's on with him? Uh, his producer? Steve Torrey? No, not Steve. On TV. I'm talking about his Amazon. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. But his producer's like, these people watch uh, rugby games. That, I mean, uh, cricket games that take like three days and end in a tie. Like, they, they were fine with a six-hour baseball game. Did you see what uh, Buster Only tweeted yesterday? No. He he was like going around outside, like asking people questions, a little like a like a Letterman, you know, Kimmel type bit. Uh huh. And I don't even think he was necessarily trying to be funny, but the answers were going to be funny. He's like, "What do you think a foul ball is?" And the guy thinks for a second. He's like, uh, "A ball covered in poop." <laughs> <laughs> but he just realized, like, if you and me had to talk about cricket, Ugh. like there are just things that I. I don't really just come off the tongue naturally, right? Even hockey. Like, they're just the blue line, the penalties. Like, that's I don't feel comfortable doing it. You yeah. know, I'm not some diehard. Right. I, I know Pavelski's not around anymore. How about a dolly, John? You know what a dolly is? No. It's a very easy catch for a fielder. Did you see the guy? A Yorker. I just saw, I just saw this that's on TMZ. Term. This coach for USC that was brought on as, like, a defensive senior consultant mm-hmm. is suing USC because okay. they fired him What for $2 million because uh, he, he turned them in for violations. And some of the violations included like the two grad assistants, not going to class. Uh, I mean, it was just like, God, he turned them for that, turning them into their own compliance department. So it could seem like, I can't believe we hired this guy, but now he's suing for 2 million. Who is now he? The, What's his name? I don't even. I don't even know. Some guy you'd never heard of. He was like a defensive senior assistant. Like he was just there for a year. But while he was there, he was turning in everyone for doing. I mean, I don't know if a graduate a graduate assistant paying guys to go to class for them. I mean, that's crazy. But again, they're they're there to coach, not to go to school. They're not players. You know, it's just what is this? Guy? I could see where this guy became a major headache. I gotta look. I gotta look this guy up. All right. On that note. Kings make the playoffs next year? Oh, that's going to be tough, man. My dad's been texting me about how good the West is already. So uh, it's going to be tough. I hope so. I hope okay, so. well, what are you going to do uh, the rest of the week? But lone podcast for the week? Unless something, unless like Kawhi yeah. comes to the yeah, worst? I think that's potential. Potential for that you exists. With, we reserve the right to change our minds. What are you thinking about... Uh, Golden One Center tomorrow. Yeah, I, I don't know. I feel a little better. I'd rather go to the East Bay to play golf like Wednesday or Thursday. Or tomorrow. Would you do both? All right, we'll figure that out. Okay, later. This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.